Welcome to Only Trying to Help, the podcast where we try to help you be helpful to other people. My name is Dr. Kate Watson, and we're coming toward the end of the season here. And I had a request that I thought I would try and fulfill before we wrap up season eight shortly. Uh, so we have this week and we have next week. And and I might spend those episodes trying to fulfill those requests that have come in. The request that I'm referring to this week is... Uh, a follow-up on the topic of empathy. Uh, I honestly don't recall what season it was. I'm going to guess maybe it was season two. We did a multi-part series on empathy. I would think, I want to say we did like three or four episodes all on the topic of empathy. And I'm told that um, social workers and psychologists and teachers and leaders and managers are, are using these episodes and trainings even. So um, on the one hand, that thrills me to hear that people are, are sharing these episodes far and wide. And on the other hand, I feel I ought to apologize for the cursing. Uh, we're going to keep this one clean, as, as clean as I can make it. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll follow up on the topic um, since I do get quite a bit of email asking some questions about it. Um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to start with is just maybe my favorite definition of empathy. There are several out there. Uh, and before I give it, let me say, I think it's okay for there to be different definitions of empathy. And, and I don't think the whole world has to agree on one. But uh, I like thinking of empathy as just our attempt at understanding another person's worldview. I, I, I like the wording of that. I like that it's simple. I like that it's forgiving. We call it our attempt. It's an attempt to understand another person's worldview. Um, many of you who listen loyally over the years, you, you've heard me mention the work that I do in a, in a field called motivational interviewing. I realize not everybody who's listening will have any clue what motivational interviewing is, but it is a style of communicating with folks, and it's a style that often teaches quite a bit about empathy, and I'm bringing it up because in motivational interviewing, we talk about a concept called accurate empathy. So here I am describing empathy as our attempt to understand another person's worldview as best we can. Accurate empathy is when we're doing a pretty darn good job of that, uh, when we're getting pretty accurate. We're understanding very well. Maybe that attempt is a successful attempt. But empathy by itself, at least through my eyes, empathy is this attempt at understanding. And in, and it offers us this grace that we couldn't possibly understand other people completely. Um, you would have to be living in that person's skin for some significant amount of time to understand them, their thoughts, their feelings, their experiences completely. That's a tall order, probably an impossible one. And that's not really the expectation of empathy. The expectation is just that we operate in this world, at least putting our best foot forward in this attempt 
to see things through another person's eyes, to understand how they view the world, how they may be experiencing particular events or circumstances. And I do think I addressed this back in season two, um, but it might be worth repeating that empathy does not imply an endorsement or agreement. So if I can empathize with someone, that doesn't mean I endorse their behavior or their actions, or I agree with their line of thinking. It doesn't mean that at all. When I say I can empathize with this person or that person, sometimes people hear me say that and they seem shocked. They say, how could you have empathy for that person? What they did is terrible or they did an awful thing. And I think, well, right, both of those things can be true at the same time, though. It can be true that a person has done something that is maybe horrible or regrettable or or harmful to others. And at the same time, it can also be true that I might be able to look at the world through that person's eyes and just have a little bit of understanding about what happened there. Even if my understanding is that the person made a bad decision or that the person was uh, acting in a way that was immoral or greedy or or malicious. Still, understanding malice doesn't mean I agree with malice. Uh, understanding poor judgment doesn't mean that it is good judgment. It just means that I'm understanding it. The analogy that I give in all my trainings, that I share with all the folks who I um, teach at colleges and universities, is, is one to cancer, actually. Um, you know, oncologists try to understand cancer, but it doesn't mean that they like cancer. They actually use their understanding to try and better fight cancer, to defeat cancer, because they are against cancer. But you have to understand it to defeat it. Empathy shouldn't be reserved for people and behaviors that you like. You can have an understanding for a person's behavior without liking their behavior. And you can even have empathy for a person and still dislike the person. These are not the same thing. But why wouldn't you want to understand the, the people who live on your block? doesn't mean you have to be friends with them just to have an understanding of them. Why wouldn't you want to understand your employees and, and your colleagues or a member of an opposing political party? It can only help you to understand people. Empathy isn't about what you like, approve of, love, etc. It's just about stepping outside of your own worldview to understand someone else's world. And it can be really beneficial to both of you if that is happening. You want to do a profound exercise in empathy? Sit somewhere that's good for people watching. I did this while waiting for a train from New York City to Philadelphia. And I want you to look around at people, strangers, and try and imagine each person's biggest fear. You could imagine lots of things. I'm just assigning you fear because it's just an exercise, but you could do this exercise with, you know, trying to imagine their biggest goal or their greatest achievement or their greatest joy. Let's just go with fear for right now because it happens to be the exercise that I was doing the other day in the train station. 
And I realize this exercise does require making some big guesses about total strangers, people you know nothing about. You might even feel like you're playing off of some stereotypes or making big assumptions, even unfair assumptions. It's okay. It's just an exercise and no one will ever know what you were thinking in your head. It's a safe place for you to go ahead and think those things. And if it turns out you were totally wrong about all of them, no harm done. So I looked around and I saw a young man, probably, I don't know, maybe like 23 years old. And judging by the the labels on the clothes he was wearing and the bag he was carrying, I don't know, he just had the look of kind of a preppy guy. And I thought, hmm, maybe, and this is just a guess, maybe he has like really successful parents, right? He's kind of young to be super successful himself. Um, but again, the, the, the labels on his clothing and, and on his gear suggested that perhaps he comes from a, a family of wealth. So then it made me wonder what could possibly be his biggest fear. Now it could be a million things, right? It could be a million things. I know nothing about this man. I don't know if he has a cancer diagnosis that, you know, wouldn't be apparent as he's just walking down the hall in this train station. I know nothing. I'm just taking some guesses, but it's all just for a healthy exercise in my head. And so as I was thinking about as I was thinking about him maybe having successful parents, I thought, I wonder if maybe he's afraid he will always live in their shadow. Maybe whatever successes they have had don't feel like his own. And he's worried that he may never have his own. Just a guess. But it made me sort of root for him. It made me hope for him that he doesn't have to feel that way, that those fears don't come true for him. I saw a little girl uh, in the train station with her mother, and they were both in, you know, pretty plain clothing. Um, And the mother was carrying uh, a bag that had a little patch on it that indicated um, that they're a military family. Now, I don't know if the mother herself is in the military or perhaps she's married to someone in the military. But again, it's not my job to know all these things. These are strangers in the train station. It's my job for this exercise to take some guesses just for the fun of it. So I decided to take the guess that maybe she has a husband who's in the military. And here she is in a train station with her little girl And the little girl was sitting quietly and looking around. And I thought, I wonder how long her dad's been gone. Is he maybe just down the hallway at the McDonald's, perhaps? Or is he stationed abroad and it's been many months since she's seen her dad? And again, it's not my job to know the truth here. It's my job to just wonder and take some guesses. And I started to imagine that maybe she hasn't seen her father in a really long time. And maybe she understands the military enough to know that there is always the chance that maybe she won't get to see him again. And I thought, I wonder if that's her great fear is that daddy won't be home for Christmas or that daddy may never be home or that she can't really predict when daddy will be home. And maybe that's something that keeps her awake at night. Maybe that's a fear that she has. Hopefully nothing keeps her awake at night. Hopefully she sleeps peacefully. I wish that for her and for everyone. But as I started to imagine what could possibly be her fear, that is something that came to mind. 
I saw a, an elderly man. I don't know how old he was, but he was maybe late 80s, early 90s. And he was trying to eat some food that he had sitting in his lap. And his hands were shaking a little bit as he was trying to bring the food from his lap up to his mouth. And he was, he was clearly struggling to eat and still trying his best to do it on his own. I didn't notice him asking anybody for help. I didn't notice him traveling with anyone. He seemed to be trying to be as independent as possible. And I was watching him. His face didn't seem very bright or energetic. Of course, I wouldn't expect that it could be if you're in the middle of a travel day, which is already exhausting for anyone, and you're in your late 80s, early 90s doing it by yourself. And I started to wonder what might be some of his fears. What might be some of his worries? And I'm looking at a man who's clearly taking good care of himself, but maybe one of his fears is that he won't be able to do that much longer. Maybe one of his fears is that he may have to go into some facility to live. And maybe his fear is that living there, he may be limited in his autonomy or his dignity or that his life won't look the way that it has looked for the first 80-some years of his life. Maybe he's afraid of spending his remaining years in this struggle of just trying to be alive, just trying to feed himself and be mobile. Maybe those are the things that he's concerned about. Folks, if this seems depressing, you don't have to do the exercise on the topic of fear. Like I said, you could wonder about each person's hopes and joys and dreams and fantasies and, and big accomplishments and, and whatever you may choose to think about. The point is, it's an important exercise. It's an exercise in empathy because you're literally practicing how to understand the world through someone else's eyes, even if you're just guessing. And that's often what we're doing in real life, just trying to guess how a person might feel. One quick thing, though, empathy isn't about imagining how you would feel if you were in that person's shoes. It's about imagining how they feel using the context clues to compassion and, and imagination that you bring. I think this is an important distinction. Let me say it again. Empathy isn't about imagining how you would feel if you were in that person's shoes. It's about imagining how that person feels using whatever clues you can pull from. So just for an example, if birthdays are really important to you and, and, and you really count on there being a big celebration for your birthday, that's cool. But they're not important to everyone. Not everyone likes that attention. Not everyone likes the obligation of having to go spend time with people and say, oh, thanks for coming to my birthday party. Not everyone enjoys that. So if you find out that your friend has no plans for their 40th birthday, please don't assume that that is some kind of tragedy. It might be and it might not be. Empathy is not about imposing or projecting 
your own views and your own feelings onto other people. It's about really trying to understand the other person with respect without trying to correct them or change them or make them more like you. So I'll say it again. Empathy is about trying to understand how the other person feels, not making assumptions based on your own worldview. And I think we could all practice that a little bit. Maybe it's a it's an okay step toward empathy to go around wondering, well, how would I feel in that situation? That's that's maybe a good step, but if you want to graduate to next level empathy, then put aside how you would feel and try really hard to understand how other people feel regardless of how you would feel in that situation. That's all I got for you today, folks. Uh, this is episode 79. We're going to be doing one more for the season before we close up season eight take a little break and get ready for season nine. Uh, season nine will be starting up in February, but we're, we're not quite at that break yet. I still want you to tune in next week for our finale of season eight. And if you'd like to stay in touch with us between seasons, there are many ways for you to do that. You can find us on Instagram using the handle I was O-T-T-H. O-T-T-H stands for only trying to help. So again, if you're on Instagram, the handle is I was O-T-T-H, stands for I was only trying to help. You can go directly to our website, www.onlytryingtohelp.com, and you're always welcome to email me any ideas you have for episode content or any questions that you have about our episode content using kate at onlytryingtohelp.com. As always, thanks for tuning in, folks, and I'll see you next time.